Hello, and welcome to Own Your Truth. I am Brianna Johnson, your hostess. If you are new to the channel, feel free to peruse the topics and start anywhere you want. They're not in any particular order, and each topic may hit you a different way as to what you take away from that and when you might need to hear that. If you're wondering what Own Your Truth is about, or maybe you're curious about me as the hostess, I will refer you back to episode one that talks a little bit about both of those things. Or you can visit my website at IamBriannaJohnson.com. Brianna is B-R-I-A-N-A. I'm also the proud co-owner of Bahati Tea Company. You can purchase our fantastic tea blends on our website at BahatiTeaCompany.com. Bahati is B-A-H. A-T-I. You are listening to episode 28, entitled The Conditions of Unconditional Love. Let's begin. First, I'd like to start out by saying that when someone mentions unconditional love, generally they think of one of two different types of the definition, or I guess it's, it's a societal programmed image of what unconditional love is. Now, you can have the fairy tale princess version where, you know, everything is just rosy and peaches and cream and delightful and happily ever after. Or you can have a different kind of approach, which is more empathetic. And it's a, a realization and an understanding that love is a multifaceted thing. And we're not talking just about in a romantic context. You can actually love a stranger. You can actually love people you've never met. You can actually love people that have been cruel and mean and hateful towards you, even though there's a part of you who maybe doesn't feel quite so loving towards them. So we're going to talk about those aspects, uh, the aspects of both of those as we go forward. There are also a lot of misconceptions around what unconditional love is. I'd first like to say that there are degrees of love, okay? You, you aren't automatically head over heels for someone, will do anything for them and, you know, kiss the ground that they walk on and would sacrifice yourself for this other person. That's not necessarily what we're talking about. That's more of the fairy tale fantastical, unrealistic, and emotionally unresponsible, probably intellectually responsible as well, approach to how love is. Now, I have love for a lot of different people, and there can be reasons for why you love someone that have nothing to do with the person themselves. It could have things to do with you, your spiritual growth, where you are, how you see yourself, who you want to be, who you want to become. And maybe that's why you love these people. It's not necessarily based on your connection with them, but in spite of them. And let me give you an example here. In my second marriage, <laughs> even though I, I love this man dearly, and I will always love this man dearly, and I feel like I have the strongest possible spiritual connection with this man, at least at one point I did. And he helped me to discover so many things about my own identity, who I am, what I'm meant to become. I will forever be grateful for, for him and our connection and our relationship, what, whatever it was. But I will tell you, this man had a very, very nasty, cruel streak. And 
he was quite abusive in a multitude of ways, verbally, emotionally, psychologically. Those were his big hitters, um, but even occasionally a little bit on the physical side with me. And thank God I left before it got too crazy, right? But he always expected me to be the better person in the relationship. Even though he was, you know, doing these mean and nasty things to me, he expected me to love him unconditionally. And what he meant by that is no matter what he threw at me, I was always going to approach him with empathy, understanding, a gentle voice, maybe constantly turning the other cheek. That's what he wanted for me. That's what he wanted in our relationship. He didn't want me to fight back. He didn't want me to have an opinion about my own well-being. He wanted me to sacrifice that well-being to make sure that his well-being was intact. That's how he defined unconditional love. Now, what he's describing is something incredibly unhealthy. And some psychiatrists would even say that that's a, a martyrdom mentality. That's what he was looking for. Someone who was self-sacrificing regardless of how horrible they were being treated to make sure that the other party was okay. And those same psychiatrists or psychologists would also tell you that's an abusive relationship and a dependent relationship. So that is clearly not the definition of unconditional love. So if that is not it, and again, that's that's more along the lines of the, the fairy tale Disney romance, right, where we are constantly loving this person regardless of who they are, what they are, how they treat us. And I will tell you that that is possible. You can love someone regardless of who they really are and how badly they treat you. In my circumstance, however, what I learned is I have to love this person from a distance. I can't be physically in a relationship with him, living with him. I cannot be his wife. And it's because in our particular situation, it was jeopardizing my mentality, my emotional strength, and it was affecting my physical health as well. Because in order for me to love him the way that he wanted me to love him, I had to slowly die. And that <laughs> you might go, oh my God, that was that's so dramatic. But the reality of, if, of that is that that is the truth of it. And there are circumstances out there, there are relationships out there that that is what is expected. And unfortunately, because of a lot of religions um, in the United States, it's mainly Christianity, but there are other religions too that believe that once you're in a marriage per se, that it is ordained of God. And regardless of what goes on in that relationship, you have taken an oath to stay. And that some people deem that as a, a part of the unconditional love. I don't subscribe to that obviously. I've been divorced twice. And the reason I don't subscribe to that is because when you're talking about that, nine times out of 10, in a really horrible relationship like that, when an individual is forced to stay, it ends up becoming a prison, not a relationship. And not just for one, but for both parties. Because the one party who is abuse abusive is using the other party as a crutch. And that doesn't do anything productive for either one. 
the individual who's being abused is not allowed to live up to their fullest potential because they're constantly in this back and forth battle between who they are and who they want to be versus who this person is telling them they have to be. And you cannot become your own individual person. You cannot have your own spiritual growth when you're in an abusive and dependent relationship like that. Relationships are meant to be codependent, in a, especially in a, a partnership or romantic sense. When you're living with someone, they are meant to be a codependent situation where both parties are giving, both parties are receiving. It's healthy, it's uplifting, and it's mutual. And that's not idealistic. That is the honest truth. If you're in a situation now where you're in an unhealthy relationship, you need to heal. And you need to give your partner space to either heal or continue to live the way that they are living. Because no matter how much you want to heal someone that's sick, unless they're willing to give up the things that made them sick, it will do you no good to heal them. They'll constantly be sick. They will go back into the old ways and the old habits. So again, you're not helping them by being that crutch. And sometimes it's best if you love them to let them go. So let's talk for a moment about relationships that aren't quite so intimate, okay? There's a gentleman on a street corner that's constantly out there waving a sign saying that he and his family need help. But you cannot provide the help that he's looking for. It's just out of your hands. Can you love this person? Yes, absolutely. You can love this person in the sense that you wish him no harm. You, were, you wish him no further pain. You wish only the best for him. You wish him out of situation and circumstances that he's in. You love this person to the point that maybe you try to find a resource for him that maybe he didn't have before. You love this person as a neighbor, as a brother, as someone who was created from the same stardust and manifestation that you were. And the same way that we're all going to return to that, the same way that he is a human, you are a human, the same way that he has pain and you have pain. It doesn't matter to what degree. It doesn't matter to what extent. It doesn't matter that his circumstances and your circumstances seem to be worlds apart. You can love this person because he's part of your human family, because he's part of the world that you live in. And that is unconditional love, is you don't have to know the circumstances behind who a person is or what they're doing. There is conditions, though, to this, this situation of, of unconditional love, like I said, in the title, Conditions to Unconditional Love. So ideally, we want to be able to love everyone, but there are boundaries, and it is unhealthy to not set boundaries. It's important that you know where your hard limits are, where your soft limits are. Hard limits are things that you do not negotiate. They are deal breakers. They're things that you do not tolerate. You have to understand what those are when you deal with people of the human race. And then you have to know what your soft limits are. Soft limits are points of negotiation. Not that you're wavering, but those are things that you'd be willing to compromise on if you needed to. Okay? Now, in 
my example to my second husband, the hard limits were physical abuse. And that's when, like I said, that's when I left. So I can still love him from a distance, but he's going to lose the benefits of having me around every day to use as a verbal and emotional punching bag because he broke a hard limit. And the soft limits for me, which a lot of them have now become hard limits because of the things that I've learned and because of my own personal strength, the soft limits back then were some of the emotional and the verbal abuse. And I allowed some of it to happen and I tolerated some of it because I loved him dearly. And now I realize that those are hard limits for me. Those are deal breakers for me. And I don't allow that kind of behavior from the people who are in my circle anymore, intimate or otherwise, because I value who I am too much to tolerate that kind of behavior. Now, in the case of my second husband, he dealt with some social disorders. He dealt with a few mental issues. And I understood that, which I think is also why I had so many soft limits at the time, because I was hoping I could help him move through some of those things. But again, I was being used as a crutch and not really helping him at all. So after we left, I realized that you can love someone with all of your heart, soul, body, and mind, every ounce of your existence. You can love them dearly. And still, you have to understand that that person may not be any good for you. You may have to come to the hard reality that you're also not good for them. You're not helping them in their situation. Even if they say that you are, you really aren't helping them. What they need is something beyond what you can provide for them. And in some cases, like I had mentioned, it's stuff that they are not willing to provide for themselves. In my husband's case, he wasn't willing to see the mental help that he needed. He wasn't willing to get on medication. He wasn't willing to see a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a social worker, anyone who was in the field and qualified to give him an analysis of where he was and what he needed to do. He refused to take that step. Could that have prevented our divorce? I have no idea. But I do know that that was something that he was not willing to consider. And because of that, I became you know, the person that was supposed to be his counselor, the person who was supposed to help him and fix him. I'm not qualified to do that. And even though I wanted to and I tried desperately, I failed at that. Because again, that wasn't really my role. My role was meant to be in a partnership. And that's not the way it ended up being. And through this process, I realized that myself, I was not the perfect partner either. I didn't have the same characteristic and flaws that my husband did, but I also realized that as a partner going into a relationship, there were several things that I needed to work on first. And one of them was past emotional baggage for myself. He and I both came from abusive homes as children. And it's very, very difficult to deal with someone else's trauma when you haven't completely healed from your own. And granted, some things are a lifelong process, but you still have to be in a place where it's not ruling your existence in order to have a relationship with someone else. So I needed to clear the baggage in my own life 
and to be whole and healthy before going into that relationship. The second thing that I realized is that I needed to be in a place of financial security so that he did not become a financial crutch for me. Um, In return, it actually ended up being the opposite at some points in our relationship. And that was not healthy either. Um, He had large, excessive amounts of debt. And that was a hindrance on our relationship as well, which you know, looking back at it now, that is, that's a, you know, a big deal for a lot of relationships and why they end. Um, I will say that for ours, it was a culmination of several things, but the debt did not help at all. Relationships from the past would also be one of those things that might be something that has to be a hard or soft limit. Um, dealing with exes, fathers and mothers from previous children, the children themselves, parenting, how that's going to be taken into consideration with a new partner. Those are all things that have to be handled with kid gloves and very diplomatic. And if both parties aren't, actually several parties in this case, the children, the exes, and the new parties, Uh, If they're not all willing to be emotionally mature about it, then it doesn't work for anyone involved. I also learned through this experience that it's way easier to love a stranger and sometimes even an enemy than it is to love someone that you know everything about or almost everything about. For me, the more that I learned, the more disturbed I became uh, regarding the person that I was married to and what he was capable of, and in turn, what kind of person I was becoming, which means what I was capable of, which also scared me. Like I said before, there are degrees to, you know, loving people. You can love a complete stranger. You can love someone like a friend. You can love someone like a best friend. You can love someone like an intimate partner. You can love someone like a coworker or a neighbor. There are different degrees to how you feel emotionally. But unconditional love means that no matter what curveballs that they throw at you, you still have compassion and love for these people. Does it mean you have to be an emotional punching bag, a verbal punching bag, a physical punching bag? Does this mean that you are their financial piggy bank? No, it doesn't mean any of those things. Because you've been smart enough to put up the barriers to protect yourself. Because these people that you're loving unconditionally may not be in a position where they're willing to love you unconditionally back. And that is a hard truth and a hard reality and something that you have to understand going forward um, in life that even if you adopt the mentality of I am going to love everyone because that's the type of person that I want to become, you have to understand that there's going to be a lot of people out there that don't care about whether or not you're going to love them. And they're hell-bent on hating you. <laughs> this is, I, I see this a lot, okay? Especially in, in the news lately, right? And everyone has a different opinion, a different view. But we have a race war going on in the United States. It's been here for a long time. It kind of went quiet for a while. Not that it stopped. It's just things were very secret and behind closed doors. And now that things are starting to be exposed... And we see these outlandish, violent behaviors from individuals towards groups of people or even individuals of other backgrounds. The victims and the victims' families, at times, 
will say that they forgive or they love the opposing party. And this can be a difficult pill for many people to swallow, sometimes even me, because I have this innate sense of universal karma, which I talk about a lot, because I feel that the universe has a way of of balancing things out. Mother Nature definitely does. If you don't know much about Mother Nature and the things that we've tried to do to her, she is a resilient woman and she will always win in the end. It doesn't matter how much we pretend and try to play God and creator. She is way better adept at dealing with us than we are with her. So there's a part of me that believes that you know, the the universal karmic justice will take care of whatever is coming to the offensive party. But then there's also a part of me that believes that you can understand that someone <laughs> in a way is is evil or pure evil and has a total indifference to anyone else but themselves. In my opinion, those people don't really have a place in whatever this new world is. And it might seem like a double standard, but I do believe that I can still send love to that person. They probably won't receive it. They'll probably never feel it. But I can also have a complete intolerance for their behavior. This is something that when you become a parent, sometimes you learn, right, with your own kids, that they may do something that just drives you absolutely crazy, but you still love them to death. I think, you know, being a parent, we we learn so many things about our relationship to the universe, the the universe to us and then as parents to our children, or even from, you know, our parents to us as children. This connection that we have is a perpetual cycle, as is the love that we feel, sometimes the, the hatred that we feel, and it comes and it goes. It ebbs and it flows. And it's something that we have to allow to flow through us and not something that we hold on to. I am definitely not the person to say, let those crimes go unpunished, that you you will never hear me say that. Um, in fact, there are times that I actually say the opposite, that these people have no place in our society. They have no place. Their hatred has no place, especially if we're trying to deal with a system and a society that's based on love, these are the counterparts to that. They don't believe in universal karma. They don't believe in love for humanity. They don't believe in unconditional love. They believe in getting away with the things that they've always gotten away with. And their entitlement is appalling. Their behavior is appalling. So there are conditions to unconditional love. And the way that you receive that love may not be the way that you think that you deserve to receive that love, especially if you're one of the the offensive parties that are just like, where's my love? Where's, where's this? Where's that? Well, you can still have the love, but you've also vetoed a lot of your rights and your privileges and your ability to be an asshole, which I say a lot of times on this podcast, there are a lot of people out there that don't deserve certain liberties and freedoms. They will always receive love from someone somewhere. But that doesn't mean that they go back to the cushy lives that they had before. It doesn't mean that they're allowed to behave in such a manner that is hurtful and hateful to other people. 
And I think that's where we get the definition of unconditional love wrong. We feel like no matter what we do, we should be able to be loved and cared for and babied almost, babied, privileged and babied. But that is not true. We all earn our place in this world as far as respect goes. At least that's the way it's supposed to go. Another universal law that I feel has gone by the wayside. Um, but it goes hand in hand, too, with the concept of unconditional love. Because ideally how this is supposed to work is I give love, I receive love. If you're given, you share. And so just like respect is earned, love is earned. And that's another principle of love and conditional love, honestly. And that goes back to the yin-yang and, and the karma aspect of this. We're supposed to reap what we sow. We're supposed to receive what we have given. We're supposed to contribute as much as we take. And the scales have tipped drastically to a lot of people taking and not giving back. Or in some cases, they're taking something of value and giving garbage back. And I'd like to just reiterate the fact that just because you love someone unconditionally does not mean that you let them get away with any of this stuff. You are still the hero or the heroine in your own life story. No one can take that from you unless you give that to them. And even though this is not a Disney fairy tale, the story's not over until it's over. You get back up and fight as long as you're able to get back up and fight. And sometimes killing people with kindness and unconditional love works. Other times you had to love them from a distance and make sure that punishments are enforced. That doesn't change the principle. The principle is still intact. Don't get it twisted. And if you're looking for help setting up boundaries or understanding relationships, fighting fair, there are all kinds of episodes in my series that talk about specifically those things. I'd like to thank everyone for joining today. If you are enjoying the series Own Your Truth and you would like to make sure that the series continues, I would encourage you to become a supporter. You can do that by visiting the homepage of Own Your Truth or clicking on the support button and you'll get options on there as well. Please share the link and the content information of the podcast with friends and family and anyone that you believe could benefit from the information that we talk about here. And don't forget to purchase some of those fabulous Bahati teas gourmet loose leaf tea blends. Those are perfect for listening to podcasts by. So until tomorrow, get out there, love, love unconditionally, and own your truth.